I think that really what it boils down to having processes takes all the brain work out of what you need to do. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, it's Emily Reagan. Welcome back to the show. I love sharing freelancer stories and digital marketing techie tips and anything behind the scenes that can help you pick up work as a digital marketing freelancer, service provider, or virtual assistant. Today, we're talking about processes because they reduce your overwhelm when you're doing the work. You can go through the motions without having to really think about the next step, and it can create a much better customer service experience and help turn your clients into advocates who refer you, give you testimonials, and sing your praise. So having processes laid out and actually writing them down makes it also easier to expand your team, bring other people in when you're ready to hire eventually you're going to want to get there, right? And this is also what we coach our own clients to do, right? So today we have Grace Fortune here to talk about four processes that every freelancer must have. Grace is a course strategist and copywriter, and she knows a thing or two about setting up the back end of your business and getting it running smoothly. So I know all of you can be thinking about opportunities to own this. We're talking about new client acquisition, onboarding, collections, offboarding, And we have a fun little bonus one at the end. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Grace Fortune that we had just a few weeks ago in the Facebook group. P.S. If you're not a member of that group, you can find the link in the show notes. We try to do weekly interviews with other freelancers and keep our learning going on there. And it's live and interactive. And then I try to bring you these interviews over here at the podcast so you can learn on your own time. All right, let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our show. I'm so excited about today's chat. I have Grace Fortune here to talk about the four processes that every freelancer needs in their business. And I cannot wait to dive into this because this is not my strong point. And it's something we all need, whether we're like onboarding clients, offboarding clients, and like things going on behind the scenes. So Grace, welcome to the show. Can you tell everyone hello and tell us where you're from and some of the good details? Hey, everyone. Uh, Yes. Hi. I'm so glad to be here, Uh, Emily. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be doing this. Um, I am coming to you live from a little town near Niagara Falls in Ontario, Canada. Nice. I I didn't know that because we are, this is our first time chatting face-to-face, so this is fun, but that is my goal to get up there because I'm in D.C., I really want to take the kids up there, but I need Canada to open up again. So I'll, I'll let you know when we do. Yes, I will. I will give you the grand tour. Yeah. So tell everyone what about your business and how you got started and like, give us the origin story, because I love this part of hearing from other freelancers and service (laughs) providers. You know, it's funny that you're asking me that because one of the things I always had uh, trouble with is I feel like every, every freelancer seems to have like this great, big, fancy Oprah story. Right. And I feel like I don't. (laughs) Um, So I've had a million different jobs. Like I'm, I just turned 37 and I've had at least 12 different jobs. Like I've worked in call centers. I've worked as a dental office administrator. 
I, I even worked in a, a factory once handling toxic chemicals, which was terrifying. But <laughs> my God. Um, yeah. So I got started as a virtual assistant three and a half years ago now, um, in 2017, working for a friend of mine who had her own virtual assistant business. And she saw that I was really, really good with like administration and whatnot. So she brought me on. And I worked for her for about two and a half years. And that I think really was what made me kind of who I am today, really, as it comes, as it pertains to being a virtual assistant um, and my business growth. Like, I don't think I could have done it without her because I've learned so much from, from this friend of mine. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that I was given that opportunity. But um, yeah, I started out working as a virtual assistant for a lot of different mostly copywriter clients. Like I've worked for some really, really big copywriter names. Like, um, I, I hate name dropping, but I'll do it. Yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shanti Zach is one of them. Um, even very, very much behind the scenes for people like, like Tarzan K, Laura Belgray, like some really big copywriters. Um, wow, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tarzan, for example, it was mostly my friend working for her, but I, I helped out like very much behind the scenes. Yeah. But um, like right now, my I'm kind of transitioning from virtual assistant work to copywriting and course strategy. And my biggest client right now is actually a financial advisor in the States who's like a business mentor for other financial advisors trying to make their practice bigger and better. And i just working with with him and with his former business partner, I just I just grew like this really big love for online courses. So <laughs> I decided that I wanted to get into that. And just through my own journey, like I just learned how much I, I love writing. Um, and just how do I say this? Like I've learned that I just love guiding people along a journey to buy something through words that you write. I just think it's an incredible, incredibly powerful thing to do. So it's just marrying the two just seemed like a natural, natural progression for me. Yeah. So do you have any kind of background in writing or anything? Or did this like completely surprise you? <laughs> um, it, it pretty much completely surprised me. Um, when I first started working for uh, my previous boss, who ran the VA business, we just learned that I had, a, I had a talent for it. So she had a couple of online courses that she had purchased that she gave me access to. So that's how I, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, this is what I mean though. Like I couldn't have, I couldn't have learned what I've learned and do what I do now with, without her, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I miss her all the time, but <laughs> so yeah, like I, I took some courses through, um, you know, through Laura Belgray. I took like the copy cure course, just, you know, learning how to develop that skill. And it's, it's served me so well. Like my big VA client now, I'm always writing for him. Like I write sales pages, I write, you know, emails. I'm, I'm working on a big project right now. I literally write an email every single day for his clients that they repurpose and give to their own clients to gain new prospects and new business. So it's, wow. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I love this so much because I have a similar journey where as a military spouse, I've had a ton of jobs, okay. but they were at least related to a field, I guess. I mean, I wasn't handling like toxic chemicals, but I mean, I've had <laughs> random jobs. I've had to be scrappy and it's kind of fun that it played out in this virtual space because I can actually like keep a job for a little bit longer because I'm not moving. But so I like that you brought this like random background 
into the VA world. And mm-hmm. I think you just like hit the nail on the head because I, the VA space is such a gateway, right? It just opens oh, it up so many doors. And I know people are trying to fast track it out there, mm-hmm. but you like getting in with somebody good and you could just like open your eyes to everything. Yeah. I, I really think is the key. Cause I mean, I was doing a lot of that on my own for over a decade, but I had clients who would take me on their little journey and do that, you know, or show or put me through a course or like drop me a nugget. And I would go research that and go down that rabbit hole. So that's instrumental in figuring it out and getting yourself connected. And now you're in this position where I was doing the same thing. Like I'll just knock out that thank you page. I'll just write those emails. Like I can do it. And then it opens up new doors because that's work that is copywriting work, you can usually charge more for, you know, you can do custom projects for clients that way and not have to be on call all the time. So it just kind of opens up a whole new business. And I'm so (laughs) glad you were like paying attention to that. Yeah, like 100%. And that's why um, when I initially reached out to you, like one of the one of the big topics that I like to talk about is how to turn clients into these advocates for you, right? Because yeah. my my business is mostly referral based. I honestly like <laughs> and I'm probably going to kick myself for saying this later, but I'm not very good at like cold pitching and and just reaching out to random people. Like <laughs> I'm a very very big advocate for relationship building. Yes. So and and that's how I think that you get clients who give you like, these little nuggets and of uh, information. Like they give you access to their courses that they get, they yes. buy. And it's so, it's so great because I don't know, like you just, you build that relationship and they, they almost become like your family in a way. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's how I feel about my clients. Like just last weekend, one of my clients, um, children got married and you know, oh. they were like, they were sending me pictures and it was just so great. Like, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. It. And I've been the same way, not like doing a lot of referral and, and not really, although I probably didn't have it all button type, like you're probably going to teach us, but, um, <laughs> there's this tendency of like, when you get in this good space, like you don't necessarily have to promote yourself all the time. Like it can just take one good client and things can open up for you. So, um, I hate to, I don't want everyone to think like, Oh, I've got to be on Instagram every day to get clients. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. Granted that works for some people. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So the, one of the things we wanted to talk about today was these processes and why they're so important. So for anybody new here, can you explain like why you need a process in business and like give us a little like info about that? Yeah. So I think that really what it boils down to having processes takes all the brain work out of what you need to do. Because I personally, I deal with a lot of like anxiety and whatnot. And as soon as I feel like I don't know what I need to do next, that's when it gets really, really bad for me. Right. So having something written down and like a step-by-step guide of what you need to do next, it takes all the brain work out of it. So you don't have to think about it. Right. Yeah. So you know exactly like what comes next. Step yeah. by step. And then you don't drop the ball and forget something and look exactly. like a doofus. <laughs> and you know what? I, like I'm not perfect. Uh, I've God, I've dropped the ball so many times on different things. And and I just know how for me personally, I know how lousy that feels. So yeah. like I'm I'm really bad about beating myself up when things don't go 
the way that I hope. Yeah. So having, having processes laid out, it doesn't eliminate that from happening, but it increases your odds dramatically of, of not dropping the ball on things. Yeah. And the first process we're going to talk about is new client acquisition. And I think this is so important because it's front facing. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to drop the ball when the client's <laughs> paying attention. I mean, this is how you look professional and this is how you give them what the best customer experience. So yeah. let's talk about this first process that you yeah, recommend. So yeah, new client acquisition. Now, I don't want to get too much into the weeds of like giving people step-by-step of what I think that they need to do because a new client acquisition process is going to look different for every single freelancer. It's yes. going to look different for the person who likes to, who loves going on Instagram, right? Like that's going to look different for somebody like me where it's more referral-based. So Really what you want to do is you want to decide on how you're going to go about getting new clients. So if you want to be on Instagram all the time, you want to kind of lay out, okay, how often am I going to go on Instagram, right? Am I going to go on every single day? Am I going to go on, you know, three times a week? Am I going to do posting? Am I going to do stories? Am I going to do like Instagram reels? Like what, what specifically am I going to be doing every time I go on Instagram? And then write that all down and follow that process and be consistent with it. That's the key. So like for me, for example, um, for my new client process, what I do is I will like every, every month or two, I'll reach out to my existing clients and say, Hey, how's everything going? How are you feeling about what we're doing together? Is there anything that I can improve on and get better at? It's just, things that increase my odds of getting referrals. Oh, right? so, yeah. Yeah. So if there if there is any issues coming up, like if one of my clients says, yeah, I would like, a, I would maybe like a little bit more of your attention on certain areas, right? Then I can address that immediately before it becomes one of those festering. Well, now I don't know if I want to refer people to Grace because I'm not happy with this certain area of our working relationship, right? Yeah. You nailed it with the festering because you don't know unless you give that opportunity for feedback. Exactly. Yeah. And if you, and I find that for me, like if I, since I treat my clients like family, like I reach out to them, you know, sometimes a couple of times a week and say, Hey, how's everything going? Like, you know, if I know that there's something going on, I'll say, you know, Hey, how was the wedding last weekend? Or how are you feeling? Cause I like one of my clients actually ended up contracting COVID in the beginning of the year. So like a couple of times after you know, after he got out of the hospital, like, you know, I, I would write him a quick email checking in. Hi, how you doing? Is there anything I can do to support you sort of thing? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, so nice. It, yeah. And it just gives your clients like, you know, the warm fuzzies and then they're like, oh man, Grace is awesome. And I want to refer more people to her. So, yeah. And I think so many clients are afraid of hiring somebody who's just in it for a paycheck. Yeah. So when you do things like that, those little touches, it goes both ways, first of all, but it just shows you're invested and you care. And I think that's all the, like, that's a huge difference in the hires. I mean, People are afraid out there to hire. They're afraid to like invest in somebody for them just to turn around and leave. So I feel like that's very soothing and yeah. it's it's genuine. I'm not saying do it disingenuinely, but like pay attention, sure. like write down like important dates or work anniversaries, right. or I don't know, just remember to ask. Yeah. So I want to ask you about new client acquisition because I never thought of this as a process, but I mm-hmm. think about it in terms of, you know, I get a lot of like inquiries. Okay. And how I respond to them. And I feel like that is a process. Yeah. Because I usually have like a, a like a copy and paste spiel 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I, you know, where do I put that information? Where do I like, I have like a document where I kind of sort like when they contacted me or if they followed up or sometimes I'll give them my like new client form and then I don't hear back from them because they were just like fishing for rates or stuff. So kind Mm -hmm. of keeping track where I am in that process. So that I remember to follow up because I, one time I was in the airport and I ran into someone after a conference and they're like, Oh yeah, I inquired about working with you. And I just had this like panic moment. Like, I hope I followed up. I did. (laughs) I did. I did. So it's okay. But I just had that sheer panic moment. Like if I didn't have a process, like those balls could easily be dropped because those emails kind of come in all day long. So kind of like having a system for that is really cool. So let's talk about the onboarding process, because I think this was really crucial to probably just, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, Grace. I just think this one's (laughs) so probably overlooked because, you know, you get so excited about it, but like having a formal process for this is really going to make you look professional, honestly, Mm -hmm. and start off the relationship with the best foot forward, which is key because you don't want to like start festering from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree with you there. And especially your onboarding process is one of your first opportunities to make an amazing impression on your clients. So the onboarding process for me really starts from the very first outreach. So for me, my onboarding process looks like, okay, I'll get an email or, you know, sometimes I'll get a message on Facebook or, or however the person contacts you it starts from that point on. Okay. So for me, my onboarding process is like, they reach out to me. I reach out back to them via email or whatever. I'll ask them, you know, vetting questions. So I'll ask like, okay, you know, what are you looking for exactly? What's your budget? Have you ever worked with a VA or, you know, a a contractor before? What was that like? Uh, Just to kind of get to know them and see, first of all, if they would even be a fit for working with me, or if I need to maybe refer them to somebody else that I know, or if they're, you know, if they're not looking for a VA at all, like maybe they're looking for like a bookkeeper. Um, (laughs) I had a client. Yeah. I had a potential, like a prospect reach out to me once and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm really finding that I'm falling down on entering my business expenses and and getting my taxes done. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't do taxes or bookkeeping. (laughs) Yeah. That that's a completely different. (laughs) And, and honestly, like something that I learned from my previous boss is like, I don't, I honestly don't recommend a VA for bookkeeping type stuff at all. Like, I think you should have an accountant for that. Yeah. But anyway, so once I vet them, what'll happen is I'll invite them for like um, a discovery call. I talk to them, get to know them even more. So I, again, trying to see if we're actually a fit to work together or not. At that point, if it's a yes, then what I'll do is I'll, I'll tell them on the call, okay, I think this could be a fit. What I'll do next is I'll put together a proposal for you. I have proposal templates that I use for, for my clients. Cause I don't want to reinvent the wheel every single time I want to bring on a new client. Good. And again, that, that's part of this, right? Like you want to make yeah. sure you're not reinventing the wheel. So what I'll do is I'll customize the um, proposal template for them, send it out, have them sign it with sign requests if they want to go with me. And I mean, it's happened where I've had people say no before, cause they thought my, they weren't ready to invest the, the yeah. fees. But the point is they, you know, they sign, then I send them their invoice and then we start the other onboarding stuff. So once they sign their contract and pay their first invoice, then I'll set them up in my project management tool. Like I use teamwork. 
Some oh, people okay. might use, yeah, some people might use like Asana or Trello. Some people even use like Google Docs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But as long as you're keeping organized by tracking what you're going to be doing for this person, that's part of your onboarding, right? And then they know, they know that you have it together. They know that you know what's going to come next. And that instills a sense of confidence in your in your new client. And I think that's key. Like I was just talking with another copywriter last week and they were saying that they signed on a virtual assistant, but what the day that they started working, they didn't hear from them at all. So they're kind of panicking a little bit. They're like, okay, what's happening here? And I'm like, yeah. And I feel like you have to kind of take the reins when you're, yeah. you're hired as an independent contractor, because that's what you they're expecting you to do that. So yeah. you're not sitting around waiting for marching orders, even though you might just be called a VA, that's not mm-hmm. really what they want. Yeah. And I, something that I've observed in, you know, especially in the last year after joining like different Facebook groups for, for VAs, a lot of times I just, I feel like so many virtual assistants are people who don't necessarily take it as seriously as I do. A lot of people are just trying to make a little bit of extra money on the side, you know, while they have their, their kid on their hip and yeah, <laughs> it's just, uh, and it just kind of, I feel like it kind of gives the VA world a little bit of a, a bad rep because there's a lot of people who don't take it seriously. And when people sign on somebody and they don't hear from them, they get kind of jaded and scared to hire on somebody in the future. I'm so glad you brought this up because I yeah. saw a very nasty post and maybe you're thinking about the same one. Not na- like she wasn't nasty. Just like that feeling I got was just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the same thing. And I was struggling with what to say back to this business owner. I'm like, I think some people don't see it as a business. Yeah, It's like quick way to make money. Kind of, They're not in it for the long term. So really kind of as a business owner, weeding out who is the yeah. serious one. So I'm going to pivot for a second. What would you ask as a business owner in that interview to make sure you're getting somebody serious? Like, how would you vet that VA? Because I know I have business owners listening. Do you have any ideas? Oh, yeah. As a business owner, I would be asking, okay, what is your onboarding process like? What can I expect from you once I once I hire you? Right? Like, are you going to be setting me up in your own project management tool? Are you going to be expecting me to manage that? Like, what's our relationship going to be like? Like, when are you going to be invoicing me? Like, when are you going to be checking in with me? How often can I expect to hear from you? Like, are we going to be communicating in Slack? Are we going to communicate via Facebook Messenger or email? Like, how are we going to be doing this? So 100%, you should be asking that to any, any contractor really that you're hiring on, not just virtual assistants. Their answers will tell you, A, if they've done it before, if they know what they're doing. (laughs) And I feel like the the good ones who you can trust have a system because they're, they're usually have a couple clients and mm-hmm. you know, they kind of been around the block and they know that. So yeah. that was good to think about. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> and, and definitely you should be asking um, for business owners. You should be asking your prospective virtual assistant if they've worked with anybody in your industry before. So like, for example, the same copywriter, <laughs> Last week, she asked this virtual assistant previously, like this poor girl, she's had a really hard time with hiring on a VA. She asked a virtual assistant if she'd ever worked with copywriters before, and the VA said yes. And then it was revealed a little bit down the line that this was the first copywriter she'd actually worked with. So I'm like, So so she just lied. (sighs) Yeah. But the way that it was said, it was almost like kind of a lie, kind of Mm -hmm. not. It was more of a... Yeah, my job skills are transitional, but like really, 
come on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. I have a problem with that. So many things there, (laughs) but I think what I'm really picking up here is probably from your experience too. Like VAs can be hired to implement these very processes we're talking about for these clients is yes. clients. So like you've got to know your stuff and be familiar with them and yes. they can see right through you. The second you start working, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my but God. Yeah. But I mean, like having these processes that we're going to talk about is like one of the biggest steps you can take to nailing down your professionalism and giving yeah. yourself a good reputation and, and getting those clients yeah. who want to refer others to you a little bit more about onboarding. So yeah. like, just writing it all down. Like I have my processes written down in a, in a Google doc. Okay. Um, So I just have it all like step-by-step. Like, so send out my first invoice client pays. Here's what happens next. I set them up in my project management tool. I share a collaboration folder in my Google drive with them. I invite them to my team workspace so that they can collaborate on like add their own tasks and collaborate on things. So if you can add clients to your project management tool, that's like a value add for them because they can start putting their own tasks and whatnot and help keep themselves organized. Like they don't necessarily have to just use it for stuff that you're working on. They can use it for themselves too. Yeah. What would you do if they have their own? Would you adapt to theirs? I think that's really, that's kind of subjective. Like if you're comfortable doing that, you can. Yeah. Um, because there's been a couple of clients that I've worked with who have their own Asana accounts, for example, and and they were just more comfortable using that. So I'm like, okay, fine, I can I can use that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But for my own tracking and my own purposes, I still put stuff in my team workspace because okay. I use that to keep track of my hours and billing. Right. So okay, and I think that's important because I have a lot of clients who are solopreneurs not as organized, a little bit more on the creative side. And (laughs) so if your client isn't going to use it, you need to have one for yourself to stay organized and keep track of your tasks, whatever that, whatever that tool or that Google doc or sheet looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to look different for everybody, but the point is like, you just want to have it written down. Like, okay, what comes next? If they sign, what happens if they don't sign? Like maybe you can put in your onboarding process to send a follow-up email. Is there a reason why you didn't want to work with me kind of thing? Yeah. Just to, for your own knowledge, right? Like I'm really, really big on, on getting feedback from my clients, like regardless of whether or not they chose to, to sign on with me. Like last week I had a, I had a meeting with a financial advisor who wanted to put a course together and they decided not to proceed. And so I followed up with them. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, thanks for sharing that with me. I would love to hear back as to, you know, what made you make that decision so that I can, you know, improve my processes in the future. You know what I mean? Just getting that yeah. dialogue going so that you can be the best that you can be. Do you find them honest about it or ever? So, sometimes painfully honest. Oh no. <laughs> good. Well, this is good. This is good. Right. Not, all, not always. Right. Yeah. Like they're yeah. not always going to be honest, but there's been a couple of times where you know, I I mean, I had one person say to me, yeah, I've decided not to go with you because you took too long to reply to one of my emails. I'm like, ouch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just something that, you know, you take for the future and, and work on it. Um, yeah. But that could also be a bullet dodge. If yeah. you have somebody who expects you to turn around within an hour and respond to emails when you're not on. Exactly. You're working with another client. So I'm going to flip <laughs> that for you. Okay. Can you, sh- I know you told me you're going to be open and honest. Can you share any other like good feedback you've gotten from that? <laughs> well, there was, 
<laughs> was, uh, <laughs> like, I really put you on the spot here. <laughs> you know what? It, this is, a, it's a little bit different, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of a juicy story. So I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, okay. <laughs> A couple of years ago, when I first started out, it was about six months after I started working with my previous boss, I just started kind of working a little bit more independently on my own. And we signed on a client, another copywriter, and I made a mistake. I accidentally CC'd a list of people to invite to an event instead of blind copying them. Oops. Yeah. So, and yeah, this, this particular client was not happy to say the least. So she was extremely upset that this list of, of emails ended up getting shared. Yeah. Out. yeah. Yeah. So that was a really, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm that type of person who like, everything has got to be like, I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So yeah, that was really hard to swallow, but. but you'd already so, been hired at that point. Right. Or was it a test? Okay. Yeah. Oh. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a test, but okay. it was after we, we'd gotten hired. Oh. At, <laughs> It, yeah, it was. Ugh. I'm one of those people that I'm so much harder on myself. Like once I've made a mistake, like I don't need any kind of lecture. Like I already know, I already feel bad. But that could tell you a lot about. I don't know if there's second chances or not. But I mean, mistakes are going to happen. Well, I, I will <laughs> tell you that just based on that reaction, we didn't end up keeping the client on. I don't blame you because yeah, like you want somebody who's going to be going to be pleasant to work with. And no matter who you are and how experienced you are, mistakes are going to happen. Yes. And so, I've heard of, oh my gosh, I have talked to lots of business owners. So somebody was saying how they hired a launch team and they sent the product to like everybody for free. Like oh, I've heard really bad stories. So to hear like, oh my gosh, your blind copy field was wrong. Like, okay. You know, <laughs> it could be worse. The worst part about it is in that particular scenario, I had everything set up ready to go out. But what had happened was the client had said at the last minute, okay, I need to change that email. So everything was set up perfectly. So I had to redo it at the last minute. It was oh my God. Like five minutes before my shift was going to end. So I'll admit it. I was rushing because my ride and my, I was taking the bus at the time. <laughs> so yeah. I was rushing to go and catch my bus and it, yeah. So oh my like, gosh. I'm glad you said that because so many times those mistakes are last minute client yes. driven me, I make a lot of typos and you like, you go in to edit it and then you make another typo, right? Cause you're just like, you're rushing or like they're changing something at the last minute or so I, I know better, but if you don't give the time to QC it, which sometimes yeah. there isn't that time, like the typos will go out. None of it is, no one's died. It's been okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Def definitely nobody died, but I learned from that experience that I, I will not work with hotheads. <laughs> yeah. So the other, while we were talking about this onboarding process, I had another question for you. And um, one of the uh, students here listening asked me this question. I just want, I'm testing you, Grace. I want to know your answer. Go for it. What if you're in a discovery call and you realize like, this is not a good fit? Do you say it in the discovery call or do you wait for later? Like, how do you handle that? <laughs> Hey, let me just interrupt for a second and invite you to the How to Work on the Line Masterclass. I am teaching the five areas online business owners need to hire out right now. This is a free training. Just pick your day and time and attend and watch it when you get a chance. It's about an hour long. We're going to cover online business industry lingo, buzzwords, and the behind the scenes job positions you could be doing. We're also covering what you need to know to get hired online and stand out above the competition. 
head over to emilyreaganpr.com, link is in the show notes, to sign up right now and get your learning on, and you're going to gain clarity and have your eyes open to the remote work possibilities. I'll see you there. Once again, emilyreaganpr.com slash masterclass. All right, back to the show. I mean, I'll be honest, that's a tough one. Yes, it is. Because I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to feel lousy about it and you don't want the potential client to be lousy because it's most of the time, it's not that they're like, you know, terrible people or anything. It's just, they're not the right fit for you. And it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It's just not going to work. So for me personally, uh, I've had this happen and (laughs) I told them on the call, I said, based on what you're telling me, I don't feel like we're the right fit to work together. However, here's what I can do. So what I did was I referred them to somebody else that I thought would be better. Okay. Well so done. Well I done. Think, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, this is something that I learned from my previous boss. You can tell somebody bad news or something that they might not want to hear, but if you frame it in such a way where you give a solution, it's not yes, so bad. I agree. And you're still kind of protecting your reputation because you're mm-hmm. helping Unless it's like total like red flags on that client, you might not want to pass them on. (laughs) Yeah. So anything else about onboarding? Because I know we kind of like went on some fun side tangents there, (laughs) but yeah, the onboarding part to me is so important that you take the reins and you communicate to the client how it works and what to expect. And I think you were talking about the person who they didn't know if they started working like that kickoff call should be scheduled. And it's like, it's not like you can be the new girl at work waiting for someone to invite you to lunch the first day. You kind of just have to go and they, they want that. They want you to take the reins and take control. Exactly. And, and to me, that makes the difference between somebody who can charge, you know, 20 to $25 an hour as a VA to somebody who can charge like yeah. $7,500, $120 an hour as a VA. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's because awesome. You get yourself a reputation for, for doing good work and people refer you and, and clients are happy to pay your, to pay more fees for somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Like for me, I'm kind of, I, I've deliberately put myself in kind of the middle of that area. Like my rate is between 50 and 75 an hour based on what the project is like, what I'm doing, but I could probably go higher if I really wanted to, but I've deliberately decided not to, because I know that I'm going into the copywriting space. So I'm, there's no point for me yeah. in going through all of that, Yeah. but having all of these processes dialed in and it not only helps you keep organized, but it effectively helps you communicate your own value you know, you know exactly what your client's going to be getting out of working with you. Yeah. So it, to me, like having all of this stuff outlined, it's, it's a no brainer. You, you almost have to, if you want to really get anywhere as a freelancer. Yeah. I think it's the difference between looking like a rookie and just having, whether you have years of experience or not, or looking like a rookie to just being the professional expert in that field. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the next process, <laughs> which is speaking of like delinquency and bad clients, collections. Yes. Tell, tell me about collections. Yeah. Um, so I, again, this is going to look different for every single person. I think this is going to be a common theme. Like this is going to look different for every single freelancer. The point, the point of having these processes in place is figuring out what your boundaries are and what you want to have happen at each stage in the game. So myself, I bill all my clients ahead of time. 
none of my clients are late because I they pay me before I start working. Good. However, once I get into the into more of the copywriting space, that might not always be realistic because it's more common practice to like say have somebody pay half up front and half when the project is delivered. Yeah. Right. So what you want to do is decide, okay, if a client is is late, when do I send the first email saying, hey, pay me my money? <laughs> if they don't respond, when do you send the second email? How is that going to be worded? Or is it going to be slightly stronger worded or are you still comfortable with a softer approach? Like at what point do you say, okay, you're so far behind that I, I can't continue working. Like, yeah. I'm not going to continue working until your invoice is paid. Yeah. And have that like templatized, right? So you're not reinventing the wheel every time. Oh yeah. Like you can template it even down to what you're going to write in the email. Like in in my process documents, I have my emails written out, right? So literally all I have to do is say, hey, so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da, how much do you owe me? (laughs) Here's the link to, here's the link to pay your invoice. Um, And then you, you just, you communicate to your client what's going to happen next too. So say, Hey, this, this invoice was due on, let's say the first of the month, it's now, you know, the 14th in order to continue service, I need you to pay your invoices. Don't be a jerk about it, obviously, but just tell them like, this is what, this is where we're at. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. And some clients like really just have a scatterbrain and didn't get to it. But it's really annoying when you can see who looked at the invoice, depending on what software you're using. You're like, okay, I know you saw that. Maybe you were like me and you were at the dentist and you got the email. Okay. I get that. So I usually do like a couple soft ones first before I do the like cut off email. Yeah. I like doing it once a week. Personally, I'll say like a week later, Hey, this hasn't been paid yet. Yeah. A week later. Hey, um, can you pay me? And then week three. Okay. This is where we're at now. Yeah. (laughs) Please pay the invoice. Otherwise like, and you could even say and write this down in our contract to say in our contract, it says that if you are, you know, delinquent, say 28 days, work stops, right? Like yeah. that should be in your contract that they've signed. Yes. And this is yeah, so good. Be late payment. Yeah. If there's going to be any late payment fees, that should be outlined in your contract too. Yeah. And just tell them what's going to happen. Like it's really all about communicating what comes next, right? And yeah, if I, (laughs) that's actually so funny that you were talking about when you can see that they've looked at the invoice, because I don't think that a lot of business owners know that when they're paying a contractor, like we can see if you've looked at the invoice or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love, I would love for them to know that because then maybe they might be like, Ooh, okay. If they can see that. (laughs) Yeah. What about when they get to the point where they don't pay and just are done? Like they, what, how do you have a process for that? Or is at like well, phase three. <laughs> so, um, I mean, again, because of the way I, I have my payment structured, I haven't come across that personally. However, yeah. you know, if after a certain point, and, and again, this is something that the individual has to decide. So if it's one month of delinquent payment that they stop work, then they need to tell their client, okay, this is what's happening for our contract. I'm going to be stopping work as of this day because of, because you haven't paid your last invoice please let me know what's going on. If you would like to continue working with me, here's what needs to happen. Yeah. Right. Other than that, it's one of those things where like, do you really want a client who's not going to pay you? Like for me, if somebody didn't pay me, then it's not a big loss to, to let them go as a client. They're not paying you anyway. 
Yeah. And it sounds like they're, they don't really value you when exactly. they do that. So that, I think that communicates a lot. So honestly, I've had one client kind of stiff me out of a couple hundred dollars. It was mm-hmm. a very small yeah. amount. And I, I think I learned my lesson. This was several years ago. I was doing a lot of Pinterest clients back then. And I learned to, to charge up front. It just prevents that. Like get them to commit. I, I love like an hourly retainer model. They commit to so many hours and then, you know, if they go over, they can pay. But like that at least would have, like I had so many flags with him. So that's why I'm a little bit angry. I'm like, I should never have done that. But like usually my clients, like we get, we're in a good place and it's not an issue, but it's more those newer clients where you're like, I just don't know you. And I think you should pay me first (laughs) for some project. And like you said, it can depend if it's like a bigger project. It might, you know, might be a little bit different, but I did have one client who was always late. She was scatterbrained. She was a typical creative entrepreneur (laughs) invoiced her. And it was like, do you want me to keep working or not? I mean, I loved, loved her to death. I loved doing her Pinterest. I finally sent her a Facebook message with the cat meme where the cat's like choking his owner. (laughs) And he's like, where's my money? And I was like, I'm just going to go funny. I'm going to go funny. And then I'm going to, and and then I was, I was pretty much done with her at that point. I mean, I don't know. I might've like done another month or two, but I I decided to go funny with her because that was like the space I was in, right? Right. Like the creatives and the funny, like entrepreneur, like the (laughs) DIYers. But I loved to share that story because I was like, how do I get her to do this? Like she's so busy and flaky and this is just much work. It's too much work to like hunt these people down. But yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, one of the nice things about and this is something that I kind of harp on a lot, actually, like having these processes set up, it, it makes it so easy for any team members that you want to bring on to follow them too. Yes. You're so, that's so right. I don't know. Like, do you, do you have an assistant? I do. I have a couple of people on my team, but the first yeah. person I brought on my team was your dual hatted book for VA. <laughs> but she's a fellow business owner and a, a good friend of mine. Right. And, but she was able to help me with the invoicing and some of this, but oh, yeah. um, we don't have a, a, a perfected process. Like we probably should, but it was nice to be able to have somebody step in and like follow up, especially when it came to collections. <laughs> I, I should qualify when I say that I don't think that having a bookkeeping VA is a good idea. I think that a, a VA is perfectly fine for doing things like invoicing clients and, yeah. and entering basic expenses. That that's fine. Yeah, I, I'm talking about stuff like, like payroll, like actual like accounting stuff. Is oh my gosh, you, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, rarely, you'll get somebody who used to do that who might yeah. be a VA. Like very rarely, and I'll call them the unicorn because that's what they are. But the business owners who expect that, yeah, plus video editing, <laughs> plus you know whatever else under the sun, like that's well, it's ludicrous. So, it's so hard, like especially with accounting. Like the rules are different. Yeah. from area to area. Like you can't, you can't yeah. expect somebody from, you know, like Southern United States to know what the laws are in, in my area, like Southern Ontario, like you know, right. it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I always recommend <laughs> hiring a proper accountant for stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. Like basic expenses and invoicing. Absolutely. VAs can have at that. Yeah. That was, and some people like that. And if it's not your jam, don't do it. Don't offer yeah. it. Don't go there. Just say no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Like figure out I can honestly say this to any freelancer, figure out what you enjoy doing. What, like, what do you like doing the most and and stick with that? Like I learned that I love writing and I love doing course stuff. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like 
I mean, you're not going to be able to do the stuff you love 100% of the time, right? There's always going to be kind of the the boring stuff and, you know, like the, you know, the not sexy behind the scenes things. Like yeah. Nobody, like, nobody really likes doing that. Troubleshooting with GoDaddy when the website goes oh. down. Oh, but you know, got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to the offboarding process, which yes. is something I hadn't, I don't, I'm terrible at. So this would be fun <laughs> to hear about. Okay. So offboarding. So this is basically just what happens when you decide that you're not working with a client anymore. Right. Um, I mean, if you're working with a, with a project based client, it just means like, okay, what happens when the project's over? So for an online course strategist like me, like for example, I might, once all of the materials are done, like part of my offboarding process would be like sending them an email saying, Hey, everything's all done. Congratulations. It's all ready to go here's like a feedback form that you can give me. What was it like to work with me? This is like, this is perfect for collecting testimonials. Yes. Right. Like you want to collect the testimonials when you're on the high, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're ex- like the client's excited, the project's done. Like all of the, all of the deliverables have been given to them and they're, and they're awesome. So that's when you want to collect the testimonials. Cause that's when you're going to get the best ones. So creating a quick feedback form that they can give uh, or that they can fill out rather you can do it on JotForm. You can do it on Google Forms. You can do it on Typeform. There's actually this really, really cool new tool that um, I think everybody should know about that I want to start using. Um, I haven't done it yet. What um, is it? Have you heard of uh, Video Ask? Yes, I have used it. I did it when I was a ambassador and helping with okay. uh, Amy Porterfield's launch, but we were Sweet. doing that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, how cool is that? You can literally mm-hmm. just ask, like, it can be you literally asking them questions. Yeah, like it just looks so personal, and it, it, people think that, oh man, she made this just for me, and it's like, no, 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 I did this way ahead of time. This, this is just something that looks really, really awesome. Yeah, so I love that. But yeah, like people, like clients, love that kind of stuff. But yeah, you can have your offboarding set up where you can even, you know, send them a little, like a little celebratory gift. Like for example, if I know that my client is going to be launching a course on, let's say July first right? Then I know like, okay, part of my offboarding process for them would be send out a, a little gift like a week or two before and say, like, do not open until launch day or something like that. Right. And it, like, yeah. it's like a bottle of wine or something cool and celebratory. Right. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It, it's I, so much fun. We like to do that. Well, not with, we're getting better at that with our quiz clients. I, mm-hmm. I partner with Linda to do. And so when their quiz oh, yeah. kick, kick us off, she's <laughs> really good about sending wine. Yeah. And I want to get on that bandwagon because I think that's so fun. And just to get something tangible in the mail too. So yeah, like one of my, um, (laughs) one of my intake questions is what's your favorite food or drink? So what my plan is, is to send people like a little gift of that favorite thing that they love. So if they're a coffee drinker, send them like a really, really nice thing of coffee or something, right? Something that's personal. Oh my Um, gosh. Again, and it's creating that connection. It's going to help you get referrals, but it just makes you look, makes you look so good and not like a, you know, short-term swindler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You, you don't want to look like a short-term swindler for sure. How do you offboard the clients that are ending badly? Yeah. So you're not going to send them a bottle of wine, probably maybe yourself. (laughs) So I mean, yeah, like obviously you want, you want that to look a little bit different. So, I mean, you're probably going to, it's almost like having, um, how do I explain this? It's almost like having like a, like a, like a logic chain, right? So, okay. 
offboarding processes, client ends well, here's what happens. So it's like, send final invoice, send thank you email, send feedback form, blah, blah, blah. And then client doesn't end well. Okay. What does that email look like? It's just creating a sequence of events that you can count on happening. So you can maybe write an email to tell your client, you know, that we're, we're all finished. Like, just keep it, keep it obviously friendly, keep it light if you can. And just write it down, like write down what you want to do. Like, so for example, the one client that um, ended not so well, it basically kind of ended with a phone call, but we sent her, we sent her an email that says, okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's your, here's your final invoice. Just so that, you know, our shared folder will be closed down on such and such a date. Yeah. Um, so please go ahead and, and get all of the files that you want out of there and put them in your own Google drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like get your stuff and, and can get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So, oh gosh. Yeah. That's good. Just updating the status of things. Yeah. Um, maybe like keeping them updated. I know. And I, I always keep things positive too, oh, yeah. but like, I think giving them access to the right things and sometimes reminding them to take me off like certain yes. accounts or passwords or yeah. like sometimes they, that like little reminder can go over well too, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. And uh, kind of hearkening back a little bit to onboarding, like uh, that's one of the things you should set up in your onboarding 100% is how are you going to be sharing password information? Yeah. Have a process for that. Like I, I use um, LastPass for everything. So all, all of my clients share their information with me. That's how I do it. I don't make any exceptions because I don't want to be responsible if somebody shares their password with me in an insecure way. And then, Oh, great. Now I look bad because your password got leaked somehow. That's really smart of you. I was just going to say, I'm coming across more freelancers (laughs) who are like, Nope, you pretty much have to use LastPass to to do it. Like you, you, you've got to adapt or get out. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, like it's not like it's hard to use. No. So I don't know. It kind of confused me at the beginning, but I had one set up with my client and I finally had to get organized and like do it all under my own account. And I think that was like one thing I messed up early on and I was like too lazy to fix it. (laughs) I'm just being, I'm just being real with you, but yes, um, it's once you figure it out, watch one little video, you're good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's what I mean. Like as with anything, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, of course, right. That's, that's just natural. But I mean, it's something that it's <laughs> uh, one thing that I say all the time, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, is it worth it? <laughs> and something like that, knowing that your password information and that your client's password information yeah. is secure, which to me is more important. Like yeah. they need to be able to trust you. Like you don't want to be in that situation where you're telling your client that somebody hacked my email passwords or have been leaked. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I don't want that. So, Oh my gosh, no, just share it in last pass, eliminate that conversation entirely. And and I just can't harp on this enough. Like the whole point of this conversation is when you come to the table, everyone listening and you say, this is how I do it. Do it this way, do it that way. Like yep. you can command top dollar because you're yes. you're getting to like management level. You're just getting to expert level there. Yep. And you're showing that you have like tons of experience in this realm. Yep. And little things like how you share a password instead of being like, I don't know, just say like this is what <laughs> this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You you do this. And I actually feel like I'm secretly testing the clients in the beginning. 
you know, just to see if we're going to be a good work because I can't do my work if they don't give me the deliverables. So some of that is like, how fast do they give me access to the things I need to do my job tells me so much. And it tells me a lot when they don't do it. And it gives me a bad taste too. So I just had to put that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Like I've, I've said goodbye to clients because they weren't, they weren't engaged enough with, with me. Like I, I can only reach out to people so many times to get them to get their stuff together. I mean, For their own business. <laughs> yeah. Like, like how can, how can you expect me to be more engaged in your business than you are? Oh, I feel like this is a whole nother conversation <laughs> we is, can have. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this last one. Cause this one, um, you have a bonus one and I yeah. love this one. And this is actually what I'm good at in my own business and oh, my good. own client work. So yeah. What's your little surprise bonus process? <laughs> so, okay. So my surprise bonus process is creating your own unique workflow. Uh, and I've said this like with each process, but it's going to look different for every single person. But the point is you want to write down what, like what's going to happen at what stage of, of your project management. So like, for example, if you are if you're doing anything from just general admin VA stuff all the way up to like project management, like how, how is that going to look? Like what's going to happen at each stage of the game? So in the course development world, it goes in phases. So I know like the first phase of my, of my projects are going to be like, okay, phase one strategy. Okay. What's going to happen here? What's going to go in this course? Where's the course going to be hosted? Figuring out all of that stuff. Right. And Mm -hmm. then phase two, implementation, like who's doing what. So it's all a matter of writing down what, you know, you can count on at each stage. Yeah. So like, for example, if you're doing administration or, or, you know, a little bit of light book work, okay. How often are you going to be doing this? Are you going to be updating their expenses once a week? Are you going to be sending out invoices every, like every once a month? Are you going to be doing it bi-monthly? Like how often is this going to happen? Yeah. And writing all of that down so that you know exactly what to do and when. But this yes. is a big, a big thing of where a really good project management tool setup is is pivotal, I think. So oh gosh. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's so much that you could do here. And and that's one of the things I love about being a freelancer is the fact that you can customize it to be exactly what you want it to be. Like you're in total control here. Yeah. And you, so you were with me at the TCC conference, right? The copywriters in real life. Um, One thing I really stood out to me and I can't, I didn't know every speaker and they were like, sometimes I would miss who they're announcing, but I remember, I think it was Joel talking about your unique mechanism. And that is such a, that's such a key to like how you do things for every freelancer. Like what's your way of doing it? And you're going to see this all across different sales pages. Like every, every person is like tapping into their way. And I I liked how Joel delivered it. And that's like top Mm -hmm. of mind right now, but whatever Grace is talking about with that workflow, like that's your thing. Like if there's a certain way you do things, and especially if it's like a creative process or even an organizational process, like that is like your selling point. You use that once you develop it and it's, it's going to like get better with time and clients. Like you talk about that, you talk about that workflow and that process in your discovery call to make you look like a badass. But I'm thinking in terms of like, I do a lot of quiz funnel projects. So it's like, it's perfect for me now because it's like not ongoing work. So in my own, I have my own internal document. How do I do that? So I don't drop yeah. the ball and forget to do an SEO shareable yes. um, meta 
um, image, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, I I don't want to forget that step. So I have all of that listed out and that becomes like my process. And that's kind of, I don't know if it really is. That's kind of like intellectual property at that point, because it's giving someone the keys to the castle, like how to do the same thing and repeat it. And I, and I love it so much because it's literally like, it's a, it's a checklist. Like, okay, yes, did this, did this, did this. Perfect. Awesome. I'm on the right track. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, you know, like there's no guesswork. And, and again, like for somebody like me, who's like, you know, kind of type a, a little bit perfectionist, like things need to be a certain way. It just eases your mind so much to know that you have this all, all laid out and you know exactly what to do and you don't have to think about, Oh God, what is that next step at every opportunity? Like it just saves so much brain power. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And then if you have your checklist for each like project or each client, like you can make notes to yourself and you can improve the process too. So like an SOP for your own work. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's literally what it is. Like all of these processes are our SOPs. Yeah. So, uh, and one of the things I love about the creating your own unique workflow process is you can, you know, you can literally package these and, and give them to your clients as deliverables, right? So for virtual assistants, for example, if you are and doing admin work or, or light bookkeeping or something, you can have this written out as like a, a standard operating procedure document, give it to the client. And then, you know, if they ever need offboarding or whatever, they have something that they can use to bring on somebody new. Yeah. Right? It's just an extra value add. You're so right about that. And it just Thanks. makes you look like an all-star. Like you care, like you, like you care. I love it. I love this one so much. I think it's so important. <laughs> Out of you. all of them, I, I think I like the unique one better. <laughs> I like it the best is what I mean, but yeah. This has been so fun having you here and like sharing this insight. And I know everyone's like wheels are spinning inside their head with how to do this. And can you tell everyone about your freebie that you have that we're sharing with the group? Yeah, absolutely. So being in the course development space, one thing that I have learned is that one of the best ways to make sure that your course or group program, whatever it is, does not launch is to try to sell it to people who you haven't spoken to in ages. So like for me, and I'm guilty of this, uh, I'm a little bit shy about emailing and social media. So uh, they're all fine. Like there's been like weeks sometimes when I haven't posted and I'm like, oh crap. So (laughs) um, if I'm trying to launch something new, if all of a sudden like people are hearing from you constantly about your group program and they haven't heard from you in like weeks before, they're going to be like, great. All she wants us to do is buy something. Yeah. Right. So if you take the time to warm up your audience before you sell, try to sell them something, your chances of success are going to be greatly improved. So what I did was I put together a content calendar for the month before you launch. There's a whole bunch of content prompts on on this calendar. And all you have to do is just go to my site and there will be like a pop up where you can just throw your email and your name in. It'll get you on my email list and then you'll get the get the content calendar delivered right to you. Okay, perfect. So look mm-hmm. for the pop-up. Is there another where place to find it on your website? If the pop, if we don't see the pop-up or we miss it? Uh, the pop-up will be there. I, okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah. If something happens and you, and you don't get it, by all means, you can just reach out to me via email. It's grace at gracefortune.com and, and just send me an email and let me know that, you know, something wasn't working on my site and I'll send it right to you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, um, that's so exciting. And I think it's so I I know how important this is Mm -hmm. for people get so stuck on creating their course and like the VA is working on building the course. And then at the same time, you're supposed to be, you know, seeding your launch, right? You're supposed to be (laughs) 
you're supposed to be doing this extra content and sometimes it can feel like too much. So I love that you have a calendar just for that. All of the VAs here who are, some of you do social media yeah. Can like run with this, run, oh, yeah. run, run. God, like, yeah, feel free. Like steal, steal my content <laughs> calendar, use it for whatever you want. Like you don't necessarily have to do it just to prep for a course, just yeah. do it for ideas. Like, and, and in my content calendar, what I really focused on is, is again, connection building. Like it's not just, you know, what is the coolest thing you did in your business? Like it's sharing what's important to you as, yeah. as a business owner, because that's what people are going to resonate with. Like people aren't going to just resonate with saying, I'm a course content creator. I do courses. Like they want to hear like the juicy stuff. Like they want to hear, you know, like what's my unique process. Like what's, what are things like behind the scenes? What do I care about? What is, what makes me unique as a business owner? Like yeah. not, not just the nitty gritty stuff. Like they want to get to know you and connect with you as a person. Yeah. And that can be so hard to just see that sometimes when you're the business owner and even as a freelancer trying to talk about yourself online is always a little awkward. So those prompts are really going to help. I'm totally going to go download it and I can't wait. Thank you. Can't wait to look at it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And and yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely check comments later for the, for this Facebook live and, and answer any questions that are there as well. Yeah. And if you guys are catching the replay, leave your questions and Grace will be back on. And this has been such a pleasure. I love that you shared this and talked about this and we kind of nerd out on what really (laughs) happens behind the scenes with processes. So thank you so much. Where's the best way to find you on Instagram or Facebook? Instagram is what I prefer. Um, You can find me at uh, Grace Fortune Writes. That's my Instagram. So uh, feel free to drop me a DM or whatever, or you can email me grace at gracefortune.com. Either one is, is perfectly fine. Yeah. And I love that because I am bringing other freelancers here so you guys can network and meet each other. So Sweet. do that. Reach out to Grace, tell her what you loved and uh-huh. make a connection. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. We'll chat with you later. Thank you so Bye. much for having me. Bye, Emily. All right. Thanks for joining me on the show. I just love everything that Grace shared with us today. You can find all of her contact information in the show notes, all of her freebies, and definitely send her a DM and tell her thank you. This is one of her first podcasts she's ever recorded, and I'd love it if you told her she did a good job and made her feel good. And while you're at it, if you could hit subscribe and leave me a review for the podcast, I would love it. I'd love to hear from you what topics you would love to learn more about and where you're struggling and how I can help with this podcast. Okay, next week we are talking about SEO, one of my favorite topics, believe it or not, because I am a nerd, love SEO, and we're going to dive deep into finding the right keywords next week. I'll see you then. Oh, and P.S., if you haven't signed up for my masterclass, How to Work Online, it's happening right now. We're going to go over five areas that business owners are hiring. Go do that. The link is in the show notes. See you next week. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become the unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. What is the plural of processes? Processes. How do you say processes? 
I don't even really know. Sometimes I question my education and background. Hey, it's Emily Reagan back to this. Sh- <laughs> Oops. <laughs>